God's Grace Through PTSD on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. Man, I'm looking forward to our time again this week. Uh, As I mentioned last week, we wanted to continue our conversation with Pastor Matt Statler. He's been the teaching elder at Sierra Vista Baptist Church since September 1st of 2019. I want to remind you, he was raised in Senegal, Africa. Parents were missionaries. He was exposed to the gospel early in life. God drew him at a very early age, and he committed his life to Christ. He attended missionary school there in the capital city of Dakar, and he graduated in 2003, served in the Army. He joined... Uh, the Army as a cavalry scout and deployed to Iraq for four tours. Eventually, he was medically retired from the Army after 10 years. I told you last week about his education, several degrees, a bachelor's degree in Christian ministry from University of Mary Hardin-Baylor, an MDiv with biblical counseling concentration from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in 2019. He's been certified with ACBC since June First, he's married to Jessica, been married to her for 12 years, and they are blessed with four children, Edward, Silas, Charlotte, and Samuel. And Matt, last week we were talking specifically about your story, and we walked through some of the details of that story. And I would encourage all of you as listeners to go back and to hear that story. That's the context of our conversation moving forward. But I want to give you just a second, if you can, to sort of give an overview of uh, where the Lord brought you, how he brought you to the place of biblical counseling, some of the the scars, and uh, even use the word shrapnel that was thrown around in your life from last week. Talk a little bit about that, and then I want to talk about your experiences now leading biblical counseling and, and, and doing biblical counseling. Yeah, thanks again for having me, Dale. It's uh, It's been really a pleasure to, to share this and it started out, I uh, joined the Army and went through some difficult times. It was during some of the intense conflict in, in Iraq. And uh, that led to my response to the loss of my dad and, and the loss of friends and, and buddies and just the wartime stressors. And I just started to drink and started to become more and more selfish, angry, temper issues and was just a, a very miserable person to be around. My wife finally told me to, to get help, jumped into the uh, the medical model that the Army offers, which is interesting. They're, they're big on, on science, but then there's a heavy dose of mysticism and Eastern medicine thrown in, so uh, yoga, acupuncture, and some of that. And um, But I jumped into it all. I, I just wanted to get better. My wife and I were not really tethered to any kind of local assembly. And um, eventually, Army decided to medically retire me. And as I went through the process of getting out, I started seeking what I should do, turned to um, exercise science at UMHB. And as I was going there, they they made me get into the Bible. And as I was getting through the Bible, the Lord just began to convict through his spirit and just started softening the heart of stone that I had developed. And uh, through that process, I began to confess and repent and just turn away from these self-centered directions that I had been pursuing, apologizing to my wife and putting on and putting off and, and turning away from from all that. And the Lord got me into some good programs with, with men that uh, loved Jesus and were veterans and were committed to the sufficiency of Scripture. That's That's really where things changed. 
Well, you, you told last week you got involved in biblical counseling and even in comparison to all the things that the Army had, had prescribed for you in the different types of therapies and so on, biblical counseling began to, to change your life. You saw the sufficiency of Scripture in a, in a radically different way. You even talked a little bit about the changes that your wife was able to see in you specifically from the work of the Word in your heart and life. That's been a motivation to you. You now serve uh, ACBC as one of our uh, training centers there in Arizona. And talk a little bit about why now, after all of that story and what the Lord used in your life, why are you involved in biblical counseling? And you're, why are you still convinced out of all these popular therapies that biblical counseling uh, actually works? I, I could spend a long time talking about it. Um, this is a topic that's so near and dear to my heart. I came to this church in 2019, and, and there were 16 people, uh, mostly in their 70s and 80s. And so I began to, to preach the word. I really sought to um, to revitalize this congregation. Uh, and as I was doing that, I began to uh, open up to the community counseling. We're near a military base, uh, Fort Huachuca is right here. And a lot of guys who were suffering began to reach out. And the beautiful thing is, this is not something that would their chain of command would be involved with. And so that would not be a mark on their record. And so if they went to mental health, it could say something to their chain of command, but they come to me and they get pastoral care. It's, it's different. You know, we're a certified training center now and offer some limited observation and things like that. And we're really working to expand that. But I'm so involved in biblical counseling ministry because one, I think God has called me to the ministry of the word, both in its public and its private or personal nature. Uh, and I just want to be obedient to the Lord. And I think I, I would add that there's a, a massive benefit to revitalization and, and biblical counseling is a force multiplier. And I have seen most of the people in our congregation now of we've really significantly grown. We're seeing um, quite a quite a few here. And it's because they they came through the counseling They've become convinced of the sufficiency themselves and are now involved in learning biblical counseling and, and seeking to help. And so we've almost carved out a, a niche here in, in our area as a church that seeks to care for people with difficult issues. Man, preaching and counseling, they just benefit each other. My, I believe my preaching is much better because of my counseling. I think my counseling is better because of my preaching. And I really can't imagine not doing both. We're just so convinced that the sufficient, the scripture is sufficient for all types of cases, regardless of what the world labels them as the hard cases. Yeah, and you're you're a walking testimony of that very thing. Now, as I think about you know your story, much of what we heard last week, how has your experience with biblical counseling shaped the way that you now counsel? I mean, what is what does that look like in the counseling room, and and how has your experience benefited the way you offer counsel now? Well, as Psalm 119.71 says, it was good for me that I was afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. And without that, I, <laughs> I don't think there's any hope. So it was good that I was afflicted. And so the first thing that I've I noticed is having experienced war, there's this credibility that is already in place when people come to me for counsel. When I was going through what I did, I really didn't want to listen to someone who didn't have anything, or I didn't want to listen to what other people had to say unless I knew that they had had a similar experience, which is just silly if you really think about it. Soldiers do not have a corner on suffering. 
or traumatic experiences. And so, but it's something I could try to, to relate. If there's, if there's one thing I could share with another pastor is don't be scared of giving biblical wisdom to men and women who have suffered intensely. That what helped me was getting into the word and the Psalms in particular. And my, my teachers were not even trying to help me biblically. They just were trying to fulfill the class requirement. And so if there's a pastor out there who's scared of giving biblical wisdom or doesn't know what to say, don't be scared of that, right? Paul tells us in his suffering, it was for the purpose of helping others in any trial, right? Second Corinthians one. And so we all suffer in various ways and Christians have experienced intense suffering for 2000 years. Of course, Christ is the example. He's the pinnacle of suffering. So we really have a lot to offer in this area. And the Bible is sufficient to help us in this. But the good news is for me, I don't have to lay the groundwork with any other veteran or first responder. So I can pick right up and we kind of joke at Mighty Oaks that this is not a hug a vet program, but a poke a vet program. And in my counseling has adopted that a little bit where I'm not there to just hug someone in their suffering, though that's often very needed. But a lot of times there's a poking that goes and when a man is neglecting his family for the sake of, of his tra trauma, I can step in and really begin to poke him and say, I've been where you've been, and what you're doing is, is hindering your sanctification. So I can pick right up with the experiences and responses to the event and just jump right in. Other people may have to go slower and really hear the story out and be able to, to walk more carefully with someone for a longer period. Um, but my experience is I can jump right in and begin to cut out some of these false notions and ideas that they've adopted. I think that's a, a really key part is, you know, you walking through that automatically gives you a, a certain type of rapport. And what I want to do now is I want you to talk a little bit about, you know, how you counsel those who have experienced these same types of things. We, we would certainly put even, you know, these um, types of traumatic events that people have walked through and so on into the categories of sin and suffering and delineating that even as you just articulated uh, a second ago. But as you talk through that, how you go about counseling those who experienced the, the same type of things that you did. I also want you to mention, you know, how somebody like me, I've, I've, I'm not a war veteran. I've not been through four tours like you have, but yet we believe the sufficiency of the word is such that I can sit down with someone who's walked through difficulty. And so I want you to talk through that, how, how your experience really helps you in the counseling room, but then how others can, can also take the, the beauty of the word for the need of the moment. Yeah, well, Dale, I'll tell you one thing. I'm a pastor with a full plate, and I never wanted to step into dealing with this type of stuff, the, the trauma, et cetera. However, a lot of language has come up where the guys and, and gals that come to me for counseling are so they've been sold a bill of goods and they've tried all the secular stuff. They're either hopeless, end of their rope, and they have this victim mentality and they're miserable in it. And maybe it's easier because I don't have to convince them that it's not working. And so I don't have to re uh, remove the unbiblical lens that they're looking through. And so I can say, listen, what you're believing is hindering your sanctification. The other thing that I found is there's a biological component with folks because they're on so many different types of medication. It's hard for them to pay attention because their meds are interacting with things in, in weird ways. Some may have traumatic brain injuries, which is a, a physical impact of the brain. 
and they struggle with basic cognitive tasks. The hardest thing for me is finding a medical doctor who will work with me and help me in a biblical uh, counseling way. So when someone is presenting a problem like those associated with post-traumatic stress, sometimes a brief definition might be helpful. So the way that I've defined it, I, I, I think I've borrowed this from Curtis Solomon and, and Hodges. It says it's a whole person response to intense suffering that often results in significant life disruption. Anger, fear, sadness, shame, and guilt are often exhibited as a result. So I use four horizons to navigate it. One, I look at the present. So I want to gather information about the relationship to Christ, their church membership, family relationships. Uh, I want to orient them to the goal of counseling, right? The goal is to help them glorify God by walking in obedience to his word, moving them along the process to become more like Christ, which means bringing biblical text to reorient their own goals. Second Corinthians 1, 9, indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. So the intense suffering the counselee experienced is to make them more God dependent. So that means we have to remove the, the disorder part of PTS. So get that D out of there. Then we look at the near past. You know, what are they doing? What responsibility are they taking? Are they blaming others for sinful behavior? I love using Steve Byers for bucket taxonomy, putting the past in his place. And then uh, I look at the past event. I have them tell me a little bit about what's going on. The main thing I want to emphasize is the past event did not cause these other things, but it's an interpretive phenomenon. We're interpreting the event. So I usually I'll have them walk through the Psalms, Psalm 73, make their own lament uh, as they go through it. And that will also help me think, listen to what they, how they interpret. Um, and then I look at the future, right? I want to chart the way forward. I want to combat that perpetual victim mentality. Uh, James 1, 2 through 4, as we uh, approach post-traumatic sanctification, help believers take false thoughts captive in obedience to Christ, like 2 Corinthians 10 tells us. Um, and then, of course, beholding Christ and, and that. And so a pastor has the equipment to do that. You can take someone to the Psalms and say, you know, I may not have been through war, but guess what? David has. Let me tell you how David has responded to the suffering that he's gone through. Let me show you the good ways and the bad ways, right? Let me take you to Psalm 51 and show you how David, when he was hiding out from war, reacted and how he had all this free time because he was so being so self-centered and you know uh, sometimes I, I joke and say well it's too bad that that nathan was not trauma informed enough to, to treat david more gently but he needed to be confronted he said he needed to be told that you are the man so there's just there's so many elements there but a a pastor in fact i've had several conversations with pastors in our community who said i've never been to war my life has been pretty easy in comparison how do i counsel and i said have you ever suffered? And the guy sat sitting across from me said, "Yeah, I've had heart attacks, I've had uh, heart surgery, I've had, I've had three kids. Uh, you know, all of these things uh, involve suffering." And I said, "Well, there you go. You have experience. How did you get the comfort from the Lord in your suffering? 
And he said, well, I went to Philippians and I, I began to pray through the think list there in Philippians. And I said, well, there you go. You show them the comfort that you have received. It doesn't have to be a one-to-one comparison. Suffering is suffering. And I said, and we know our sinful heart. So, And all that's really helpful, Matt. I, I want to close with a couple of things that you alluded to something I think is really important in some of your your buckets, the way that you're arranging information and how you're helping people walk through. And I, I think for somebody like me who's never, you know, been in a wartime, it gives me some anchors to to grab onto to help a person walk through several difficult things. You You alluded to this when you were talking. You said something to the fact that the most important thing about a person relative to their trauma is what they think about it in the moment. And it's not the it's not the fact that, you know, some traumatic thing didn't happen to them in their past, but uh, how are they thinking and processing that particular event right now in the moment? And I think that's pretty critical. Uh, Matt, the last thing that I want you to do is we have listeners, it's, it's a pretty wide swath. And, you know, many of our listeners are counselors. I want you to speak to them here in just a second. But I also want you to speak to the guy who's like you in 2012, 2013. And maybe he's come across this particular podcast. What encouragement will you give him uh, to to go and to hear what the word has to say about his particular difficulties and, and where he is in life right now? And then also use that as an encouragement to our counselors in how they can minister, despite what all the world says about you know trauma informed thinking and that you need to be an expert in certain areas. What do we have to offer relative to the word? So so let's close our time out and you talking. Uh, specifically to those two types of people who may be listening. Yeah, so to the me in, in 2012, I would say the promise is in Christ we are more than conquerors. There is no longer time to do what the Gentiles did and the futility of their thoughts. And now is the time to turn to the living word and hear what God has to say. And, and if what you're doing isn't working, it's, it is now time to try something different. So today is the day. Turn from these empty philosophies that are not helping. They may make you feel good for a few minutes or, or even a few weeks, but ultimately you know that it's all vanity. And so now is the time to turn to something with substance, time to eat steak and get stop eating cotton candy. And so that's what I would say to, to the me in, in 2012 is, is do what you know is right and open the word. Get with a, a biblical counselor. Reach out to someone like me. Reach out to any of the ACBC counselors across the nation. Reach out to your pastor. And if your pastor doesn't want to help you or can't help you, get into the, uh, the ACBC website and find a counselor near you. It's a, a wonderful resource for that. To the counselors, I would say scripture is sufficient. You don't need man's thoughts on the way men are to be. We don't need a secular anthropology. We need biblical anthropology. So there's a lot of theories out there. There's a lot of uh, attempted connections to the biological that are just fallacious. There's they're, they're not, um, not enough scientific evidence or, or information. So stick to what we know. Scripture is sufficient, and you can help someone who is experiencing these things. And yes, you're going to make mistakes. Yes, you're going to maybe say things that are are insensitive or, or wrong. But one thing I know, working with folks who have suffered intensely, some of them are the most forgiving people you'll ever meet. And, and they will forgive you and get help from you. And they know that you care. And, uh, and that's important. 
Man, so well said. And I, I've experienced that too. I think when you have a humble disposition and you love them well, and they know, listen, he might not know everything I want him to know, but he loves me and he cares for me. And he's, he, he definitely recognizes I'm, I'm sort of in a bad situation. Those counselees give grace, give a lot of grace, and they know I'm, I'm doing my best to, to apply the word to where they are in life. And that actually builds rapport with that person as well. So I think well said, Matt. Listen, it takes a lot to be able to share a story like this, but I'm so grateful of your focus in, in the power of the word, the power of Christ, and the way in which he's shining in your life. I'm so thankful for you, brother, and thank you for coming on with me and, and sharing your biblical counseling story. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Dale. Appreciate the opportunity. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. I mean, I'm always so thankful, as I hope you are, when you hear stories like Matt's, and you can see the, the beauty of God's grace in restoring a man's life through very difficult things. And, and that ought to give us hope. It's a demonstration that the Word itself is true, and the Word itself is stable, and that the testimony of the Word is that it restores the lives of people. It gives us hope. I'm, I'm Always so encouraged talking to Matt, hearing about his story, seeing what the Lord has done uh, in his life. I want to encourage you, if you hear stories just like this on our podcast, you hear lots of biblical content and you're encouraged, I want to ask you to just take a few minutes. It's very, very helpful to us as one of our primary resources that we get out to the public here on Truth and Love. Uh, Whatever platform it is that you receive our podcast, just take a moment, if you will, go to that particular platform's area where you can rate our podcast, maybe even leave a comment or two. And that's so helpful so that we can get the podcast out to more folks who may benefit from it. As always, this is one of our many resources here uh, at ACBC, the Truth and Love podcast, and many other resources through our Truth and Love resources that you can find on our website at biblicalcounseling.com.